Hello and welcome to By the Horns, a Bitcoin podcast about South Africa. I'm your host, Ricky Allardyce. Today's pod was recorded at a recent Bitcoin meetup in Cape Town, where Carl de Villiers, co-founder and CEO of Shiftly, a local Bitcoin arbitrage business, spoke about the effects of the recent USDC de-pegging on Shiftly and his perspective on what was going on. Now, please excuse the audio quality. This was recorded live at a Bitcoin meetup and the restaurant we were in was pretty noisy. So there's quite a bit of background noise. Sorry about that. But before we get into that, I'd like to tell you guys about Bitvice. Now, Bitvice is a sponsor of the show. Bitvice is a self-custody only Bitcoin brokerage which helps you avoid all of the risks associated with buying Bitcoin from a conventional crypto exchange. As you might have seen, Exchanges get hacked, they collapse, they get shut down, and in some cases, they might even be involved in highly illegal activities. So why expose yourself and your Bitcoin to any of that risk? Bitvice will help you set up your own self-custody wallet, which you can securely store your Bitcoin and never have to worry about third parties again. When you purchase Bitcoin through Bitvice, it is sent directly to your own self-custody wallet, meaning that Bitvice doesn't hold onto your Bitcoin for you. And this removes all of the third-party risk that you would normally experience with a conventional exchange. You can also set up automated repeat Bitcoin purchases using the Satstacker product. This lets you accumulate Bitcoin in regular intervals over time. With Satstacker, you never have to try to time the market again. You just set it and forget it and watch the Satoshis roll in. So head over to bitvice.io to find out more or click on the link in the description below. And with that, onto today's show with Shiftly. Okay, so uh, Ricky asked me to, to speak about uh, about fiat at a Bitcoin meetup, um, which I found quite ironic. But um, yeah, I'll introduce myself and uh, hopefully it'll explain why I'm talking about the, the USDC fallout. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, one of the Carls, uh, Carl de Villiers. I'm the co-founder of Shiftly. We provide a, a digital asset arbitrage service, um, localizing it for you guys, a Bitcoin arbitrage service um, for South African residents. And yeah, it's quite interesting in South Africa, Bitcoin trades at a premium um, compared to, so when you have a look at the RAND price and you compare that to, to the dollar price, you'll actually find that it trades at a premium compared to overseas. Um, and as many of you know, this is due to our uh, capital control or exchange control regime that we have in this country. And I actually heard quite an interesting way to explain it. Um, basically, you have to forego more rands to buy the same Bitcoin in South Africa than you have to do dollars in the States. And the reason for that is because the rand isn't borderless compared to the dollar. So the dollar is relatively more borderless, and that's why there's a premium on the Bitcoin price in South Africa. So anyway, what we've done is we've built a, a service for South African residents to, to benefit from this opportunity, because effectively what you can do is you can take your rands, convert them to dollars, go buy Bitcoin cheap and sell it more expensive in SA. Um, but anyway, I don't want to go in, into too much depth about what we do. Um, the reason I'm speaking about the, the USDC fallout uh, or collapse is because we're actually the first South African company to use uh, Circle as an on-ramp. And um, we actually contributed at its peak um, more than 2% of the circulating USDC supply, which is around... Uh, just over one and a half billion dollars out of the total market cap. Um, so yeah, essentially for those that don't know, um, USDC is a stable coin that's pegged one-to-one uh, -one with the dollar. 
Um, it's basically run by the Center Consortium, which consists of Circle and Coinbase, for those that don't know. Um, and effectively what they do is they, they accept USD and they mint uh, USDC, which runs on, on multiple chains, um, ERC20, etc. So what their business model, how their business model works is they custody the, the USD and the USDC runs on-chain. You can send it between exchanges uh, without any limitation. Um, and how their revenue model works is underlying, they basically take the dollars and they, they buy um, US treasuries um, with those dollars. And effectively, they earn a yield on those treasury positions. So two weeks ago, um, quite an interesting thing happened. Um, because of the, the Fed that's raising rates, the bond prices or the U.S. Treasury prices actually came down and a lot of the banks became technically insolvent. Um, so what that resulted in is, uh, amongst others, uh, Silvergate, which is Circle's uh, settling and clearance bank, going... Um, going bust overnight uh, on the Friday. And um, yeah, so Circle effectively discontinued uh, a lot of their products um, literally overnight. And um, we all know the next big bank to fail was Silicon Valley Bank. And if you look at the numbers, it's quite interesting. So Circle custodies around 75% of their assets in um, U.S. Treasuries and the other 25% in USD-denominated bank deposits uh, spread over a number of banks, and um, around three and a half billion dollars were locked up and trapped in Silicon Valley Bank. And because this happened over a weekend, as I said, banks always fail on the Friday. Uh, what happened was the Circle, the USDC price, which is supposed to be one to one with the dollar, actually depegged. So I woke up on the Saturday morning, uh, opened my phone, and saw that USDC was trading at ninety cents to the dollar, not one dollar <laughs> to the dollar. Um, which was quite alarming, and um, we luckily had, had very minimal exposure only on our own capacity, but aside from that, it was very interesting to see the market dynamics um, play out. So we saw, um, we immediately knew it was around $3.5 billion that they, they were short, and um, it immediately reflected as a percentage of the total market cap. It was around 10% of the total market cap at the time, and we saw the price trade at a 10% discount. So... Because it's so transparent, uh, Circle's a audited institution, we immediately saw that the market uh, saw, look, 10% of the funds are missing, let's price it as such, and everyone sold. Um, now, normally there's a mark-to-market uh, redemption process that would have kicked in on Monday, but because this being a you know, Saturday and banks don't operate on a Saturday, the, um, they couldn't physically uh, process redemptions or withdrawals. So the DPEG was temporary, and uh, as we all found out, the... FDIC and the Fed, and in consultation, I, I guess, with the president, uh, U.S. president, they decided to backstop uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and everyone was made whole. So, yeah, the USDC peg uh, restored. But fascinating, if you look at the at the supply, the three and a half billion um, that basically not went missing, but um, that was under under suspicion of going missing all migrated to Tether. So we saw the Tether market cap go from $72 billion to $77 billion overnight. I'll speak louder for you in the back. A little louder. Um, yeah, so very interesting. Um, we all know Tether. No one, it's closed doors. No one really knows what's going on there. And, um, but people trust it. Ex 
except for them. But um, the fact is that people trust Tether. Uh, they blindly trust Tether, regardless of, of what they are saying and what's been published. And um, Tether actually traded at a premium. Uh, there was such high demand for Tether that uh, people were dumping USDC and buying Tether uh, as fast as they could. And because it was a weekend, also no redemption and um, minting process happening. Uh, so the Tether price actually went, went over. Um, so yeah, I find it fascinating. We're now at a stage where the most regulated uh, stablecoin is now in a very bad position. Um, and the most, uh, well, the first and, and sort of most uh, frowned upon stablecoin is now the biggest by, by long shot. And it's interesting to see that there's, you know, there's $77 billion that's locked up in, or not locked up in Tether, but in Tether at the moment. And it's effectively the most liquid market against Bitcoin. So if you want to know what the biggest Bitcoin market is, it's BTC, USDT. That's the biggest market. Um, and I just want to like finish my, uh, my talk here tonight before Q&A um, by saying that you know, you look at the Bitcoin market cap and you see, hey, there's $500 billion. Um, you know, that's the size of the market cap. And there's only $70 billion or $77 billion in, in Tether. But you often forget that if only half of, half of the, what's in Tether had to flow into Bitcoin, the price would go up. It would most likely double. And that's because of slippage in the order books. So there isn't liquidity at $28,000 uh, for $35 billion to enter the market. It'll actually slip progressively. So... Um, yeah, I want to leave you guys with that. Uh, there's a ton of dry powder, as we all like to call it, sitting on the sideline, waiting for an entry. And um, yeah, I hope all of us are, are front-running that. So that's my talk tonight. Uh, if there's any questions, I'll give you the mic so that it's also on recording. Um, happy to answer anything. You look like you have a question, Ricky. So in your opinion... Uh, how would USDC and or Tether collapsing affect the crypto market from your point of view? You don't have to be right, but... Okay, that's good. I don't have to be right, but I can be bullish. Um, <laughs> so I think the past two weeks have shown that, you know, there really is no alternative. Um, amidst bank collapse, you know, Bitcoin actually did its thing. Um, and my gut feel is that a lot of that money will actually flow into Bitcoin, um, purely because it's, that's the most liquid market that it trades against. And if, if those two, that's my one, it's over there. Uh, if those two stablecoins had to collapse, effectively, that would mean that their underlying banks are collapsing, which would mean that you can't redeem to, to physical dollars. So where else can you take your, where else can you take your tethers or your USDCs? Um, you know, what is there? Um, yeah, so that's. Does that does that answer your question? <laughs> I'm just trying to absorb it. So, if you can't actually redeem your USDT or USDC and use it for what it's intended for as like a direct conversion between fiat and crypto, wouldn't there be like a huge, I don't know if this is the right term, but slippage between the, like 
within USDC, wouldn't USDT or USDT DPEG to almost zero? So, so how collapse would, would look like is that a certain part of the, the holders would, would try to redeem uh, and they'll try to flee to, to physical USD. Um, but as I've mentioned, if, if there's issues at the underlying bank, that won't be an option. Um, and that was the fear that we had when we saw the DPEG. Um, you know, the odds, the way these things typically go is that it either goes to zero or the peg is restored. <laughs> if you look at historically, like the more fraudulent stable coins like Terra, etc., they went to zero, where Circle inherently isn't fraudulent and it, it repegged. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, uh, it would be it would start trading at a discount and it would progressively uh, the value would progressively deteriorate as everyone flees to to something else. Um, and um, my gut feel is that people would go to Bitcoin purely because of liquidity. You will not find liquidity in Ripple and Litecoin. And uh, I'm a bit dated when it comes to the shit coins because I've been in the space for a long time. Um, Bitcoin Cash and those types of things. So, yeah, um, there's also no liquidity on, on the Uniswaps and all the DeFi platforms. So regardless of whatever you guys are telling yourselves, um, it will be to B2C. That will be your, big, your first safe haven asset. So, yeah, from there on what happens, I don't know. But I, I assume that answers your question. Anyone, anyone else, anyone else with a question? It's one from Sierpia. So, Carl, um, you guys still predominantly use USDC, right? Uh, for your trades. Why? Uh, you just said USDT has much more liquidity. Why do you like USDC more than USDT? Yeah, that's an easy one to answer, and I'll answer it with a joke. Um, so... I've got nothing, nothing personally against uh, USDT, but um, we do work with, with client funds, and obviously the safety of our client funds are our first priority. Um, but anyway, to answer the question with a joke, um, so there's a guy on Twitter, Frank, uh, Fintech Frank, I don't know who fo follows him, but anyway, he had a dinner with, with Paolo from, uh, from iFinex, which is the company that holds Bitfinex and Tether, and um, yeah, I need to create some context. So, so back in the day, um, it was commonly accepted that Tether is 74% backed by dollars. And um, so they had a dinner and he tweeted a photo of himself and Paolo. And he said the bill came, it was $100. Um, so, sorry, it was $74. So Paolo gave him 100 USDT. Um, so that's the reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, any other, any other questions? I've noticed that you say it's re-pegged, but it's not really, because it's 99.98 and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I'm waiting for that one-to-one -one before I get back in. When is that coming? Okay, so, yeah, that's also a good question. So, besides the fact that if you look at Circle, you can go and have a look at the, the audit at the stations, and you can go and determine, you can have a look at, at BlackRock's website. They manage the, they're the biggest institutional fund manager in the world. They manage the UST, um, which is the US Treasury portfolio, uh, on behalf of, of Circle. Uh, their cash balances are, are made known by all the banks. So you can actually go and pull the audit at the station. So um, me and you know, by, by judging from that, that it should be one-to-one, -one, correct? So it should be 1.00, not 0.9989, whatever. Um, there's actually, above and beyond that, because there's no real-time mark-to-market process, so redemptions and, and minting is not real-time because banks are only open, uh, legacy banks are only open 8 to 5, Monday to Friday. 
Um, there can be discrepancies due to uh, basically USDC trading 24-7. So you might have big movements across jurisdiction that actually causes minor discrepancies. But over and above that, there's also actually opportunities. So uh, if you've got massive amounts of capital and you can somehow lever that position up, you can actually arbitrage that difference and, and profit from it, which should bring it back down to, to one. Um, but at this point, uh, anything US-related, I think the market is really spooked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd personally be more comfortable holding USDC than USDT. I think USDT is a game of musical chairs or hot potato or whatever analogy you want to use. Um, but yeah, the fact that it's that it's not pegged is, you know, it's typically uh, like 0.2 basis points. So it, it's very minute. Um, plus, Circle themselves will honor a one-to-one redemption. Um, yeah, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. Any Any other questions? Fantastic. Wayne Lambo. Post halving. <laughs> okay, I'll leave you guys with that. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I hope, I hope you guys could, could hear something, but uh, yeah. Over to, over to Ricky.